Welcome back, everybody. We are on episode 36 of In the Weeds. We're up in North County in Vista, sitting down with Supervisor Jim Desmond. And I want to start by saying, first and foremost, thank you for making the time. I know by walking through the office here, you are a very busy man, so we really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Peter. Yeah, it's, uh, it has been busy times, but uh, it's, uh, this was a treat. Perfect. Well, it was, uh, it was a project getting you uh, in the same room. We've been trying. Thank you, Miles, for, uh, for coordinating this with us. I want to jump right into it because I know we have a limited schedule and you're jumping right into your fourth or fifth Zoom meeting of yeah. the day. Um, but I know you're a, you're a uh, California, Southern California um, local. You have a, uh, a decorated resume. I'm sure a lot of people have gotten familiar with what you're doing now. Um, I did a little homework and, okay. and I know you... Uh, you're SDSU alumni. I know you've been in politics. I know you uh, held a position as mayor. Um, I guess there, there's probably going to be a lot of people that tune in here who who don't know your full background and how you got to where you are now. Um, I definitely want to spend some time talking about all the work you're doing now. But can you give us a quick like elevator pitch on you know the the path to what got you to your position? Well, the path that uh, I took, and, and I tell this to everybody when I even go and speak to, you know, grade schools and things like that, different uh, uh, career days and things like that I've, that I have been to throughout uh, this effort, is I started by volunteering. I just, mm. I just started volunteering. When my you know, kids were young, I volunteered at, the, at their school to be on the parent-teacher uh, uh, association. Also, uh, you know, then my kids went into Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. My wife and I, we stepped up. We volunteered there. Cool. I started a business in the 90s. I had a tech business uh, along with my flying career. I started in the 90s and um, so I volunteered to be on the chamber, you know, the chamber of commerce and on that board. And what I found is that the more you volunteer, the more responsibility people will give you. Mm. And so totally. and the more you can get done. And so I you know, volunteered to run for... You know, I was on the planning commission in San Marcos, rent, and I was a volunteer, volunteered to, be, to run for city council, mayor, mm -hmm. county supervisor. And so really it's kind of the path of, of volunteering and, and just accepting more and more responsibility. And, and it's, it's a great learning, you know, it's a huge learning curve, but, sure. but uh, um, you know, the rewards are good. Definitely. So when you were a young, young Jim, yeah. was this, did you envision this as part of did you think you'd be sitting here today doing absolutely doing? not? What did you originally envision doing? <laughs> um, originally, well, I, I have an engineering degree from San Diego State, so you know math was always kind of a easy passion for me, or I was good at it, and so I, I liked it. And um, uh, flying airplanes was really more of my my passion uh, cool. when I was younger, and and um, so I had a pilot's license for over almost 45 years and, and uh, mm. I'm still, still flying recreationally right now, but I flew for Delta Airlines for 33 years and just retired in, uh, in September. And so nice. uh, even with this job, you know, I, I pared back a little bit once I got this job as mayor, mayor is not a full-time job usually. Mm -hmm. it's, it, uh, it, but this job is a Monday through Friday, you know, eight to five plus uh, job. Yeah. So I, I flew a couple weekends a month when I first started here, but that just with COVID and everything and the airlines uh, scaling back, I um, <clears throat> retired in, in September of last year and, and now I have weekends off. So it's kind of nice. Hey, that's great. Yeah. So how long now <clears throat> up until today, how long have you been in, in politics? Oh my gosh. Uh, mayor for 12 years, city council for two years. So there's 14 and then two years right now. So 16 years oh, in wow. politics. And, um, but it, it was never really a career or a passion. It's just, you know, you, you get to, 
you get to get things done and, and you see something that maybe is wrong or something that could be changed or improved upon. You know, as an engineer, you know, I like fixing things, taking them apart, fixing them sure, and, and yeah. hopefully making it better. And uh, so same thing with politics. I have the same opportunity with hopefully making my community better and, mm. and easier for other people. When I see there's, you know, a log jam or too much red tape, things like that, it's like, okay, how can we make this better? For sure. And in those 16 years, would you say this last year has <laughs> been the most difficult or challenging? Or was there another year that, that Annie's up to this? Uh, this is the most challenging year of my life, and mm -hmm. not just in politics, primarily because of of COVID and and dealing with this. Uh, nobody warned me when I ran for this for office sure. that there was going to be, you know, a a, a virus and a pandemic and and rioting in the streets and and you know all the, all this upheaval. And so mm -hmm. it's been it's been challenging, but I think. You know, common sense hopefully you know plays out, and and that's what I've been trying to stress, even with you know trying to keep businesses open and things like that, is using a common sense approach, a safe common sense approach, and that's um, I think been very challenging, and especially with so much media out there, so much um, you know different voices coming from different directions, it's been kind of hard to you know choose the right path. But uh, I think I think we're doing the right things and, and yeah. moving forward. Well, and I think, so when I started seeing your clips and, and, and which side you were taking of the conversation here and the battles you were fighting, I saw a lot of resiliency. So I, I naturally did a little homework into your background and I saw, you know, you did have the business, you know, the position 33 years with, with Delta, that I feel like a big part of your resiliency probably came from that part of your life. And, and maybe that the other people who are taking the easier or the path of least resistance may, might not have that. Does that at all play into the stance you've taken as far as you really are fighting for small business owners and just for people to stay employed and working and earning a paycheck. Well, yeah, and, and I kind of equate it to, uh, you know, flying, you know, jet 500 miles an hour all over the planet. You know, you, you're managing risks is what mm -hmm. you're doing. So there's a risk, inherent risk, just getting on the airplane in, in, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. But then you're managing those risks and you're minimizing those risks and, and trying to think, you know, 500 miles ahead is like, okay, what's, what's coming? What do I need to be prepared for? Do I need to change the course a couple of degrees or things like that? So managing risk was is kind of innate in, in mm -hmm. me. And, and, and I always had to err on the side of safety, you know, safety mm -hmm. first. And, and one good thing about Delta is they back, if you erred on the side of safety, you were, they would back you up, you know, even if, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you uh, yeah. did something they didn't particularly care for, it cost them more money, but uh, that was, that was good with them. And so, so, it, you know, safety first and then, and then risk management is kind of what I did as, is I was a captain in at least half of my uh, flying career, and and then the same thing with the you know the pandemic or is okay. There's risks out there, sure. and, and there's health risks. This thing's for, it's for real. I you know never wasn't a denier. You know this mm -hmm. is for real. How do we best manage that? And then how do we best keep our people employed? Because you know we have still have a lot of people out of work. The economy is hurting. We all kind of thrive on a on a good economy. And so I, what I saw was there's a lot of businesses and particularly employment sectors mm -hmm. that were being, I thought, unfairly targeted mm -hmm. uh, or kind of discriminatory. It was, it was I, you know, I'm kind of black and white. It's like in an airplane when I, when I flip a switch, something happens. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's not five minutes later or, or anything else. So you, um, 
So I, I was trying to take the approach of how, how can we make sure that, you know, if we treat all businesses the same and all businesses fairly and give them all the same opportunities to operate safely. Mm-hmm. And I think that was where I was coming from as far as, so, so in other words, you know, I, I realized there's more risk potentially at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, there should be some limitations maybe. Then those limitations, you know, should be following all the safety protocols and social distancing and everything else and, and doing those things. And then if, a, if the business is able to operate safely and, and not, you know, significantly promote the spread of the virus, we should allow people that same opportunity. And, sure. and we kind of did that in fits and starts and, and uh, really, I think, made matters worse when you know, in the restaurant business, you, mm-hmm. you open up and then you close and then you open up and you close. Yeah. You, just, you can't you can't adjust to those kind of cycles, especially when you got to order food, get people back to work and things like that. So I, I was taking more of a, I, I guess, you know, monitor approach of, of uh, instead of having everyone close down, it's if, if you can operate safely, let's enforce. And I even made a motion and unfortunately didn't pass at the county let's enforce the safety protocols because sure. that's what's really Absolutely. pushing the um, uh, envelope on uh, uh, as far as, you know, the risk. Let's And let the state do their enforcements of closures and stuff. But mm-hmm. fortunately, that didn't work out. So I'm curious because I know, I know the challenges I'm sure, sure this brings to your office space and professionally, but you're in also a position, too, that this probably follows you home. And it's not something that, you know, you can make decisions in here, go home, and you don't hear anything, see anything, nothing comes to your front door, almost figuratively and literally. Is, and this is your neighborhood, you know, like this is where you live. This is your backyard. So I'm curious when I see all the stuff you're putting out, because um, I was telling Miles before this is I support business owners that, that come out and say, hey, we're doing this, even though it kind of goes against that. But I also know tomorrow they're going to have a target on their back or instantly have a target on their back. So I'm curious how you how is it? How has this, I guess, followed you home or followed you outside of the, the professional field personally? Well, I'm. Um I try not to talk about it too much at home, but you can't mm-hmm. help it because it's just the topic for everybody. And all my neighbors, you know, know who I am sure. and uh, uh, the positions that I've taken. And, you know, I get, I get, I get kind of a mixed bag. I get, you know, pats on the back and also, you know, people are just furious with me because mm-hmm. they think I'm, you know, putting people in, in harm. And I'm, I'm trying not to, like I said, there's, there, life is full of risks and you just can't make everything a hundred percent you know, risk-free. And mm-hmm. so um, you kind of push the envelope a little bit, but you, you, you want to make sure you don't go so far over that, you know, you're going to, anybody gets hurt uh, inadvertently. So it, you know, it, it's, I get texts all over the week, you know, on weekends and, and, you know, events on the weekends. This, this last weekend on Sunday, we uh, uh, were at the Cal State University of San Marcos and, and we mm-hmm. opened up the new uh, super center there. And then, an hour later, we flew out to Borrego, and then and then they they were doing testing there. So so Sunday was pretty uh, pretty packed. But yeah. so there's really there's really not a lot of time. Well, I have to schedule time off actually, just because there's so much so much going on. Time off and probably time to disconnect too. Yes, it doesn't happen very often, but uh, it's uh, it's it's been very busy. But this is you know we should be working and, and doing the right things, and and it's not the virus doesn't stop at you know and the weekends. And so, no, absolutely. So we got to keep you know keep doing what we can. So I, I have a kind of a personal question because I've gotten to to see and learn a little bit more of our local politics, and I've never followed. I think I speak for a lot of people who've never followed politics as much in the last year. And one thing I see that. Um, you know, it's, it's a little frustrating from my position as you see a room and, I, and just taking it with your board of supervisors, it seems like there's a lot of conflicting opinions. 
and and you're I mean everybody knows you're outnumbered in inside that room but on on the outside we're sitting there like man we just want one consistent message and like we'll get news released and it'll be news in favoring like recently you but then someone else on the board will say we'll throw a jab out there and say say their two cents on it and I just feel like it's that that message is now spreading out to the people too because the people everybody has their opinion we're at each other's throats is how is that dynamic, I guess, inside of when you guys are in the same room or on Zoom, where we are now, mm -hmm. is how has that been managing? Because we have such a, a problem out here that it's got to make things almost 10 times more frustrating when we're not on the same page. Um, and then delivering a consistent message to San Diegans or the county. Um, do you do you experience that? Is it, is it worse than I even imagine it? Or how, how does that dynamic work? Well, in... In some cases, it's distracting. It's almost, somebody described it to me once as, it's like watching your parents fight. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see, you know, your, your leaders and your supervisors, you know, disagreeing on things. But that's part of democracy. And, and that's mm -hmm. why there's five of us there. And it's instead of just one person with one message. And, and you know, it's, I've never been afraid to ask questions. And, and um, some people don't, don't like some of the questions I ask. But, you know, it, it's better to put that out there. And so I, I you know, there, we do agree on on some things. You know, the the stuff of, of keeping this, you know, the uh, social distancing, the masks, and everything else. I, I have never, you know, been a no masker. I haven't even been accused of it. But uh, mm -hmm. it, so I think, you know, we do agree on on a lot. Ninety five mm -hmm. percent of what we vote on, we all vote five zero. Mm. It's it's the few things that makes sure. the news and and good news and and you know the, the news story of the supervisors all agreed on something is not going to mm -hmm. make <laughs> nightly news. Yeah, uh, yeah. So the majority of stuff we do agree on, but you know this is so front and center and so dynamic and changing and and uh, there's a lot of politics unfortunately involved with this with this virus. Yeah. And and uh, in. Somebody made the quip, uh, told me once, what happens when you mix politics and medicine, you get politics. So, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that's, that's, <a> <laughs> that's kind of where it, where, it, uh, where it lands. And so, you know, especially when you hear, you know, the governor or somebody made a decision and they say, we're all going to make this, this is going to be science-based and data-based and facts-based. And you ask for the facts and they go, well... We don't have them or we don't, you know, we're not going to provide them. It's like, well, wait a minute. Sure. Yeah. Or, the, you know, the decision of the shutdown in in December uh, came about because of the ICU bed capacities and things like that. Yeah. Well, we are even still, there's been, we've been open, about, partially open for about a week and a half now. I forget when the governor mm -hmm. allowed that. We're still at uh, surge level uh, capacities in ICUs. Sure. But I'm glad to see we're open and then the door has been cracked, but it's like, well, wait a minute. You shut us down because of this, and now we're still in this situation. You're projecting that the numbers are going to come down in the ICUs, which I hope happens. But you also projected at the beginning of this thing it was only going to be two weeks. Sure. Mm -hmm. So you... you um, it, it, that consistency, I think that you you know, as you talked about of the message, you know, it's it's not always there with the data and the facts, and and um, mm -hmm. so I, I know it's frustrating to some people, but it's it's almost to me it's healthy to have differing opinions on, and then you try to work, hopefully work some things out and get to a consensus uh, moving I, forward. I couldn't agree more with that. I think what what's happened is we've we've all ha lost the art of disagreement and how yeah. to disagree, and still you know, and and I and I think everybody trust you know whether whatever level of politics everybody's trying to push this, the same agenda like they're looking out for whether it's your state 
the the country, all that. And disagreements are healthy if they're they're done right. So I think that was just my curiosity. What goes on inside those those walls is and and it's good to hear that. Um, and I and I think the the biggest question when I when we confirmed and we pushed out some marketing saying we were doing this podcast, I had a lot of business owner friends reach out and it's probably the million dollar question you get asked all the time is, you know, because we say even if a week ago, the governor said we are back to business as usual pre-COVID. We all know that there's a long runway that we have to work back, even even with that. Now, there's an argument of how long the runway is for certain industries and certain mm -hmm. businesses, if there's a runway at all. But everybody asks me, you know, in some way, shape, or form, like, hey, when can we expect normalcy again? And I'm sure you get that yeah. all the time. And I, and I don't know if that's a if the word normal is even fair, because I feel like it's going to be an alternative normal after this, some for good, some for bad. But where do you see, I guess, looking at 2021 and just the future of, of, of our, of the city of the County here, um, whether you want to call it getting back to normalcy or just getting back wheels in motion? Well, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, yeah. it's my, my crystal ball is foggy and, and it's, it's um, there's, there's hope. I think there's more hope and more light at the tunnel now that we got the vaccine. Uh, and, um, unfortunately it's, uh, we're having some, you know, some issues rolling out the vaccine and getting enough vaccines and setting up appointments and things like that. But the, the goal of the County is to get everybody six over the age of 16 vaccinated, uh, by, uh, or 70% of the people over 16 vaccinated by July 1st. Mm. So, um, I don't, you know, and I'm hopeful then maybe, you know, we'll, we'll have much lower numbers and, and uh, fewer cases and, and we're, we see it start to wind down. But as far as the economy goes and business goes and, um, you know, some sectors have like taken off and done very well in, in, in the uh, uh, pandemic, but the hospitality sector, the restaurant sector, you know, the tourism sectors are going to be um, challenged. And, and it's primarily because I think of consumer confidence. Sure. You know, yeah. people are used to wearing masks. People might be uncomfortable in a, in a r room, a large room together, maybe going to the movie theater. They may still have social distancing or, you know, wedding venues or, you know, people, it's going to take a while, I think, for consumer confidence to come back. And, and mm -hmm. uh, coming from the airline industry, I know it's people are going to be, even though it's open now, um, it's going to take people a while to, you know, come back to start filling up airplanes and get getting back to that. So I think... It's still going to be a lot. Concerts may still have some, you know, those mm -hmm. outside lar large gatherings or inside large gatherings. There still may be some restrictions, and, and that might be the new norm. But it, it's going to mm -hmm. take, I think, years before, if we ever come back to where we were. Yeah, no, I agree. So I'm curious because we, we've had people on the shows who were actual um, fighters in the UFC. We've had business owners <laughs> who have fought the fight, and where I'm going with it is, is back to your resiliency and, the, and you've been um, in a different type of fight and a bigger type of fight is how has each of these days, I'm sure there's days where you wake up coming to the job and you just feel defeated. And that couldn't be more of the shaping of our, our show is, you know, we take people back to most people were sitting here asking that question about when you were first starting business, you know, mm -hmm. when you're, you're constantly kicked down more times than you're getting up. Um, is I feel like there's a very similar correlation with what you've been doing because you're outnumbered to, in, in your, with your peers and you're also <clears throat> fighting against a narrative that's not supported. Um, so how are your, how is that day to day for you when on the days where you just wake up, are there days you just are overly defeated? Is it the support, the people here support of the, I know the growing audience that's behind you in the County or what, whatever, what I guess is that looked like for you with that fight? 
It's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. The highs are real high and the lows are real low. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's days I just go, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. um, I volunteered for this. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and, um, but, you know, we, we do, we, we get some minor victories. We get some, you know, at least we're asking the questions. And I think, in, and it causes people that, you know, may disagree with us to at least pause maybe and say, okay, you know, instead of just moving forward with this, you know, we hear Desmond and we hear maybe, you know, some of his supporters are saying, hey, why aren't you listening to this guy? Sure. You know, he sounds rational. He sounds reasonable. He's not, you know, trying to get us all killed or, or spread the virus. He's trying to do everything in a safe manner. And, I, you know, when I hear, you know, we get a lot of emails and feedback from people that say, hey, thank you. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. doing this. Thanks for, you know, sticking up for the little guy. Thanks for, you know, fighting for us because... Um, so even though we may not have as many victories as the other side, it, at least we're there asking those questions and, and raising the concerns of, of, of fairness and, and, and of, you know, why are we not, why are, to me, it's discriminatory what we're doing, you know, discriminating against a certain business sector and not allowing them the same opportunities as we are other business sectors, mm -hmm. you know, um, yes, granted they're different and, you know, bars and restaurants are, are a lot different than going to a grocery store, but, but we can, we can manage risks mm -hmm. and, and let, let people, you know, I, I have kind of use the advantage or adage, if you treat people like adults, they'll behave like it. If you treat them like children, that's what you're going to get. Absolutely. And so I've seen that in, in business, uh, and I've seen it in, in different, uh, different arenas and areas. And if you give people, like just for like volunteering, you give people responsibility, they'll usually uh, uh, use it properly. Mm -hmm. And there's, gonna be, there's always going to be a hand, you know, some a handful of, of outsiders that, you know, or people that, that you know, abuse it. But the vast majority of people will, will handle that responsibly and do it well. And I traveled a couple times to Arizona. Sure. Arizona's got is has more lax um, than we are as far as businesses and restaurants and, and things like that. But I saw that the people there were wearing the masks more so than they are in California. Mm-hmm. Every restaurant that had that had open had a that was open had a big sign. You know, you usually you used to see the sign of uh, shirt, shoes, and yeah, something else required. Whatever it is, yeah. to enter, big sign, mask required to mm -hmm. enter. You know, you don't really well. We haven't been open enough, but you don't see that here. I went to a gas station. I pulled up the gas pump in Arizona, and there's a sign right on the gas pump that says, "If you want a pair of gloves, come inside. We'll give it to you." Yep. And so they're taking kind of those extra precautionary steps because they know what they have is is uh, valuable to them. Mm -hmm. They know what, they, and they're taking the responsibility for that. Here, unfortunately, in California, we're being treated like kids, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that's the response that's coming out of here. So. I, I kind of I wish that we had been uh, you know more open, doing it safely, and and uh, trusting people rather than not. Yeah, and I think at this point, because we're a month away from this being a year that we've been shut down, especially in California, people would be would be more respect receptive and respectful of that because they just miss it so much now. There's a level of, and I, I actually was just out in Arizona. I'm from there. My mother and sister live out there and I saw exactly what you're describing. Oh, yeah. They also know that they're kind of the outlier right now because other states are open. So they don't want to screw it up. And, no. and I can tell the people that live there and now a lot of our people from California are going there from what I hear, they want the same thing. So they're respecting the rules and policies and laws even more, which I think is, is super unique. But yeah, that was, and that was noticeable. Yeah, I think I think there's a level, and I think putting in terms of adults and kids, because I've seen what you're describing, the behavior, people are responding like kids, and that's 
I don't know if that's, it's all speculation, if that's why we're seeing numbers a certain way, but we're seeing adults act like children. But when you look at the treatment, I'm like, we're being treated like children right yeah. now. So, yeah. um, but I got the cue card. I know you're on a tight schedule. And despite what you said, I could, I could sit here for a couple <laughs> hours, even though you didn't think, uh, think that we could, I appreciate this time a lot. And I also appreciate, I told Miles, I don't see a lot of people in your position doing long form interviews like podcasts. Um, which is unique in itself. So I appreciate you trusting us to come on and really uh, talk about the important stuff and, and the fight you're fighting for us. And as a business owner too, I'm overly appreciative of everything you're doing for us. So I hope that this uh, starts a relationship before we can uh, can chat a little bit more f f for down the road. So oh, Peter, I enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you.